From creator Frank Mueller comes the comic series, The Devil You Know. One late night, Graydon Cross comes home to find his family slaughtered and Satan himself standing before him. Fueled with rage, he rushes towards Satan, but is struck down before he gets to have his revenge. Upon his death, God appears before Graydon and gives him a choice. Graydon Cross, I am God. Your family and yourself were murdered by Satan. You may choose heaven, hell, or revenge. I'll send you to hell with powers I've given you to kill Satan. But if you kill Satan, you must become him. Do we have a deal? Deal. His desire for revenge too strong to ignore, Graydon agrees to God's terms and descends to hell on a mission to assassinate the devil and avenge his family. Upon finding himself in hell, Graydon must battle his way through an army of demons, all the while discovering the limitations of his new powers. The Devil You Know, written by Frank Mueller, available on Comixology and AcesAndAidsPress.com. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Your refusal to listen will be one more reason for me to fire up my death ray and take over the world. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candera, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I am Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holcomb. And joining us today from Apama, the undiscovered animal, co-writer, color artist, and letterer, Ted Sikora. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. We got a good show today. We're getting back in our new format after two weeks of talking to guests. So I'm excited to get nostalgic. We're going to be talking about Saturday morning cartoons. Our last two guests were Jim Cummings and Townsend Coleman. Most of the voices of our childhood they were so. Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> what better uh, thing to get nostalgic about? Yeah. Saturday morning cartoons. And then, uh, after we do our comic roundtable and uh, real world heroes, we're going to be turning our attention over to Ted and talking about Apama. So, let's kick this episode off with our retro roundtable. Here we go. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk about some Saturday morning cartoons. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, any any favorites come to mind from anyone here? I know one that kept peeking in the back of my mind when we decided to go with this topic was uh, Pirates of Dark Water. Ah, uh, yes. I don't remember that one. You remember that one? No. Oh, wow. It was, what was it? A pot, like, it was a different, different earth type thing. Different earth and the water was dangerous. It was actually dark. Yeah, there's a, a, uh, a dark water that would come and basically eat you. I think. Yeah. What, uh, what year was this? Is this 80s or 90s? Uh, um, early 90s. Yeah, early 90s. How did I miss this? I don't know. It was the Pirates of the Dark Water, and they had like this parrot monkey Monkey thing. bird. Yeah, monkey bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. He was the comic relief. Okay. He was a, the big the big coward pretty much all the time. I think okay, he pissed so me the, off the, a lot. Uh, the snarf of the show. <laughs> the, yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but of course, there was the young prince that he had some broken sword that he'd run around with, and... The bad pirates always had some kind of weird missing part of their body or eye or something like that. They're yeah. always pretty grisly. It ended. They did end it, didn't they? Because I know it seemed to all of a sudden disappear. 
I, I don't remember if they did it in the show. I remember reading it as a comic, though. Mm. And I remember how it ended, which I won't say over the... I'll tell you later. I got to watch it. <laughs> I wanted to see the end. I For some reason, I ended up not watching anymore. I think I got a little too old. <laughs> that or maybe yeah, here I was we working are, or still something. talking and watching. <laughs> what about you, Ted? You familiar with that one? No, uh, I'm a bit older than you guys, I'm suspecting. Uh, I For me, like, Spider-Man and his amazing friends was just... Oh, oh yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. I thought they really did a tremendous job. I mean, that was the first time I thought... I mean, I always loved the old 60s Spider-Man, too, but for completely different reasons. Um, this was, I thought, a really nice, accurate representation of the Marvel Universe and a lot of the characters that they would bring in. Who were his immediate friends? Wasn't it like Ice Man, Ice Man and, and Firestar? Firestar. But you yeah. never hear anything of Firestar anymore. No, you don't. Well, she was made up for the show. I mean, they did bring her into the Marvel Universe, but just never kind of caught on. Mm. And then there was the dog, Ms. Lion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching Spider-Man not the other day, the, the Amazing Spider-Man and the Web Warriors, and he referenced Miss Lion somehow. I remember what was happening, but they talked about her. Really? Yeah, it was funny. I was cracking up. Wow. The Pet Avengers had Miss Lion. Did you ever read that graphic novel or the collection? Uh-uh. It had Lockjaw, I think the Frog Thor. It was like all the animals of superheroes and Ms. Lion was there too. <laughs> the dog with pigtails. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I've already dragged this show way down. Into the- <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't get any lower, Ted, so don't worry about all right. it. <laughs> oh, what about you, Jeff? I have a number, but I'm, I'm mostly between the 80s, 90s, I remember watching. Mm-hmm. Like, if I go to the 90s, I start thinking of The Tick, Eek the Cat. Oh, um, Eek the Cat. I forgot about that one. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, they used to have those caveman shorts in between Eek the Cat. Yes, I yes. I, I used to love those. those he was like a uh, like a purple Garfield or something, yeah. right? Yeah, that never hurts to help, and he always got in trouble. Yeah. Freakazoid. Would, I was, I'm thinking of like oh, all the times man. I would toggle, because <laughs> I had one of those old tuber TVs where I had to turn the knob every time. Right. I only had three channels at the time, so it was a big clunk, clunk, clunk. Yeah. yeah. And then and I'd have the knob. Yeah, I'd have to change it to zero, go to my 100 channels, go to 58. <laughs> and on 58, I would have Freakazoid, and I had to go back to 40, which was Fox at the time. And that was uh, that's where I would watch Eek the Cack, The Tick. And then I knew that I had to get back for Animaniacs. And then oh, man. <laughs> it was like Animaniacs. 31 for Animaniacs. Yeah, 31. Yeah. Yeah, yeah actually. Gosh. Well, you, you uh, held on to those old TVs for a while, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I messed with it so much, I was surprised it didn't blow up. <laughs> wow. So I, the uh, the invent of the remote control was probably something very significant to you. Oh, gosh. It made me too lazy. I <laughs> Remember the first up. remote controls on the long cords? Like yeah. How futuristic you <laughs> felt. I can change the channel without getting up. As long as you six, six, sit six feet away. Right. <laughs> Boy, I, I guess for me, my standouts would be the the big three, the X-Men sp- uh, cartoon, Spider-Man, and the Batman animated series. Mm. The three of those were just can't-miss shows. Batman it, was after school for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we're kind of Saturday morning in after school. There I should have said that, yeah. <laughs> and you're talking about the Spider-Man that was after, right? The uh, I think that was a series that went many, many years. It, oh boy, I don't know how many years it went. It did go a long time, though. It started in like 92, 3, 4, something like that. The 3D animated intro. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was some high tech stuff yeah, too. Joe Perry of Aerosmith, I think, did that. Did he really? really? Yeah. Oh, was Green Jello did that. Well, I'm sorry, the music. Oh, okay. Wow, I had no idea. Green Jello. Yeah. Green Jelly? Green, Green Jelly. Jelly, yeah. Oh. The bear went over the mountain. To see yeah. what he can see. Yeah, <laughs> that song. <laughs> also on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack, that song. Mm-hmm. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so hard to picture, you know, your most memorable cartoons because you grew up yeah. on all of those Saturday morning yeah. cartoons. And just as memorable as the shows were some of the commercials, which I think we've touched on the show before. Mm-hmm. Like all the McDonald's commercials, the cereal <laughs> commercials, the Fruity Pebble commercial. Watch me trick Fred! You know? <laughs> <laughs> the X-Men, I I had a hard time watching X-Men sometimes because it seemed too soap opera-y sometimes. Yeah. It was very drama, especially with uh, uh, Wolverine. Gene! Gene, he was always crying about Gene some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know. At the time, I was all about it. Because I think X-Men and Spider-Man were on back-to-back at, for some period of time there. But, uh, you know, after I got Netflix for the first time and started trolling around there, I found the X-Men cartoon, which I think might still be on there, and the uh, early 90s Spider-Man cartoon, which since has been pulled from Netflix. I watched through the whole Spider-Man series on Netflix and was into it. I mean, the animation's very choppy, but uh, it was tolerable. I went back to X-Men, not the same case. It was hard (laughs) to watch. Really hard to watch, but um, it was still a good show. About the Bugs Bunny and Tweety Hour. Oh, man. Oh, that that wrapped up cartoons on the weekend. Yeah. (laughs) That was was ABC. Yeah. Right? Do you remember uh, Silver Hawks? Oh, yeah. That was on Fox for a little while, and then they took it away really quick. Yeah, that just seemed to disappear all of a sudden. That one was always really good. I remember that one. They were... I don't know if they were a half robot. I always wondered about that part, but they'd fly around in space and had the one guy with the cowboy hat and the guitar. And oh, shoot yes. Notes and I, that was part of the song, what they were. They're like half uh, half being, half machine. Yeah. Silver hawks in your hair. Silver <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the one guy that all he did was whistle, the little alien, the copper kid. Oh, yeah. That was mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah. There was a... Uh, remember Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys? No. Or biker mice from Mars. That I remember. You that, that sounds familiar. Adam. They were like green mice with little antennas between their ears. Oh, that sounds familiar. I don't that know. was fun. I love watching that one. I think it was around the same time as uh, Bucky O'Hare when that came to cartoon, right? No? I think, mm, I think it was a little bit after, actually. After? Yeah. What the hell do I know? No. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> like there, it was that show, and then it would show uh, Street Sharks. Oh, geez. No, Street geez, Sharks. Yeah. What about you, Ted? Any other come to mind? Well, you know, the tick sparked a memory. Uh, I think one of my all-time favorite uh, was that proto-clown episode of the tick. Do you remember that? I don't. I don't know if I've it's, seen that it was a. It was a takeoff on the Hulk, and it was a scientist who loved clowns, and uh, <laughs> he started experimenting, and he's like, I, I just laugh at clowns, and I reasoned that a bigger clown would be bigger laughs. So he makes this clown, and <laughs> in like this Hulk... Just destroys the city like the, the. I forgot who they they had their own version of the Fantastic Four and everybody. You know, all the superheroes are trying to beat this proto clown. You can watch it on YouTube. I watched it not too long ago again, and I, it's just it holds up. It's a it's brilliant. Was it the Civic Minded Five? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that group. It was a carpeted man like was it Jungle Janet, Feral Boy, 
five legged man and mus- mucilage man. Oh, he shot he glue. <laughs> Carpeted man. He was just stretched in carpet and his power, he'd drag his feet and walk around and zap people. <laughs> and then he'd like pass out because he was too hot. Oh my. <laughs> Remember a little wooden boy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. Arthur, Arthur didn't want to be a sidekick because he fell in love and took, carves his little doll out of wood, and that's his new sidekick. He just throws, get him, little wooden boy, and throws him. He <laughs> <laughs> looked like Plank from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I need to uh, watch some oh, old takes, I guess. I don't remember so any funny. I've got a few uh, cartoons here that I had totally forgot about. Uh, well, I don't remember even watching this, but I remember seeing commercials. There was the New Kids on the Block cartoon. Oh, jeez. But there was uh, also the... I vaguely uh, remember that, I think, just because of my sister. Do you remember uh, the MC Hammer cartoon? Yep. Yeah. Hammer Pants. Oh, yeah. Yep. Parachute Pants. I, I went and got Parachute Pants. I had a bunch of those. Oh, well, yeah. It was the thing to wear at the time. Skids, they called them. Skids? Yeah. I don't think I had official skids. I think I had like the Kmart equivalent to skids. <laughs> now, wasn't it? It was his uh, shoes that talked, wasn't it? His shoes yes. talked. The shoes yeah. gave him power. I think. Yeah. When he put the shoes on, he turned into hammer, hammer. hammer man. Yeah, hammer yeah. man. And he like, what are you, they had like music bars that he'd wrap people up with, like a lasso. <laughs> really? You're not even trying. Come on. You know, that was the same time that they actually had the mask cartoon was on at the same time. Mask, that was another good one. Mm-hmm. What was the one with Super Dave Osborne? Was it just called Super Dave? Super Dave. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a funny show. Gosh. Here's one I had totally forgotten about. I don't know if any of you guys remember. It was Camp Candy. You remember that one? Oh, wow. A little bit, yeah. It was John Candy's yeah. cartoon yeah. where he had a summer camp. That was on Netflix for a little while, too. No, was it? Yeah. Wow. I thought oh. that was one cartoon time forgot about. Mm-mm. They had, a, what, I think a season and a half? I don't think it was very long. Yeah, because I think it was Bobby's World that killed it. Oh, man. Well, uh, the Chuck Norris cartoon <laughs> where he ran around with all the kids that did gymnastics. Hey, I've, yeah. got, uh, I've got an action figure up here on the wall from that. Do you really? Back there behind Chancellor Palpatine is Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Red headband and uh, <laughs> blue and white get up. That was, that was a weird... Show because it would, I think it played right before the Karate Kid TV show, which was mm. even weirder mm. to me because I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to watch this. It was one of those shows I think where like Chuck Norris before and after like said a quick PSA or something, wasn't it? Or no? I don't remember. It's been so yeah. long. It didn't last very long either. There was that one. I know MC Hammer's cartoon. Like Hammer actually was in the intro. Yeah. Man, another Saturday morning Pee Wee's Playhouse. I mean, not that I forgot about that one, but it's not a cartoon. But no, I was it had cartoon crap. parts to it, I guess. Yeah, what was it? Uh, Penny, the Penny cartoons. Yeah. Hello, my name's Penny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jeff. Any other standouts? Cowboy Curtis. Oh yeah, yeah. And look how big he is nowadays. Lawrence. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Phil Hartman was another. Uh, oh, what was his character's name? See a mailman? No, he was a captain, like a sea captain. Oh or yeah, I remember. I don't remember his name. I can't remember. There was also the uh, the whole run of cartoons that had to like feature kids. Like there was the remake of Tom and Jerry, but Tom and Jerry Kids. There was Flintstone mm-hmm. Kids. There was the Muppet Babies. There was the Potato Head Kids. All of which were pretty damn expendable. If any of them, <laughs> I said, had to hold up. 
I would say, and you're going to cringe, I would say probably the Muppet Baby stood the test of time longer than any of them. Not that I would sit down and watch it. Nah. <laughs> Do you remember a cartoon, Jeff, called Centurions? There's three guys. They had these weird, one had a blue suit, one had a green suit, one had a like a tan orange suit. And they would have like stuff stick to them. Like the the blue guy was air, so he would have like jets and rockets and yes. stuff. Yeah. The green guy was water, so he had like some submarine stuff. And then yeah, the other guy was like land. Wasn't that Ronin Warriors though? Mm-mm. No, it was Centurions. When they had that one guy quake and fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was the bad guys. No. Yeah, it was like Ronin Warriors quake in fear. No way. I don't. You yeah. don't know what you're talking about. No, it's the same one. And they had the armor that was attached to them. And they had the fat one had the uh, it was the orange <laughs> kind. And he had the horns. You remember the fat one? That uh, might be something different. Uh, I know the bad guys, they were like half and half, half cyborg or half robot. And the other one was half man. And they had like a little robot head on the side of the shoulder. So they're kind of like two. I'll have to show you the picture. It <laughs> <laughs> sound, uh, sounds, God, I forgot about Ronin Warriors too. Because it would play as that. And then it would be Sailor Moon, so I would end up watching that because there was nothing on. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. <laughs> Do you guys remember She-Ra? Who yeah. is this She-Ra you, watch- you speak of? <laughs> I had to watch that show all the time. <laughs> the villain was better than Skeletor, I thought. Really? Yeah, I don't I remember what his name was, never but he was way She-Ra. cooler. Were you a big uh, He-Man, She-Ra fan there, Ted? Oh, yeah, we did watch the the Masters of the Universe, you know, and my, my brother, who was about six years younger, he had all the figures, and, you know, we would we had, like, a rock'em, sock'em robot, uh, <laughs> you know, sort of arena that without the robots, and we'd always do these tournaments with the, the characters for, oh, for his enjoyment. Man. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that now. You know, another one I, that came to mind was that old Fantastic Four with Herbie the Robot, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. I don't remember that one. Oh, really? Mm-mm. Gosh. Because yeah, they, uh, like, later on, they combined it into this whole little Marvel hour that nobody even looked at on USA. Mm. And they would put that back on, and then right after that would be Iron Man. And then... I forgot what the third one You're was. You're talking syndication at this point, right? You're not talking original run on USA Network? Yeah, it was after. Yeah, okay. it was way after. And then You're not talking about the 60s one, are you? Yeah. There was something, though, that came out in the 80s that was the Fantastic Four. And it had, had the Human Torch was replaced by Herbie the Robot. And there were two reasons that I've heard. One was the Human Torch was too expensive to animate. And the second was they didn't want kids seeing somebody on fire. Like, they thought that was too oh, controversial. Man. So. I yeah, can if you be Google, like him, get the matches. Google Herbie the Robot. Um, I'm doing it right now. Had, Fred and Barney meet the Thing, or that was another one, like some sort of hour with the Flintstones and the Thing. <laughs> you know? Oh wow! No, I don't have any recollection of this. Yeah, Herbie. Come on, Billy, let's uh, go play Fantastic think- Four. I'll be the Human Torch. <laughs> <laughs> Douses his friend in gasoline. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> Oh, Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. He looks like a uh, Mexican wrestler. <laughs> no, I do what not remember that. Uh, we're just looking at screenshots from that show on the internet, and there's a picture of uh, the Fantastic Three with Herbie the Robot there uh, talking to Magneto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, less than threatening. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was not. Uh, I mean, you've already got this genius Reed Richards, so a robot really wasn't bringing much to the party there. <laughs> no. 
I always thought a, a character that has been underutilized was Machine Man. Do you know him from Marvel? I had no. to look him up because of the Marvel Legends figures, he's you can buy him, and I've never heard of him. So I had to look him up and, and find out about him. Yeah, he's kind of neat. I, I think he would do better in, even in cinema than in the book. I think he'd, he'd be a really cool character to see come to life. Okay. You know, I did see that guy in the, uh, the, the action figure line you're talking about. Yeah. I never did know who he was. I thought he was a villain, but no, he's a hero. Really? Yeah, he looks like a villain. Yep. And now, so I wonder if he, does he exist in the Marvel universe that we know? I, I mean, think they, they keep trying to reboot him every now and then, but uh, I don't think it's ever, it definitely never sticks. I don't know when the last time, I, it's not like I follow the character, but I do remember liking it and thinking he's a little different than what we've seen in some other kind of robot cyborg characters. Right. He kind of looks like a, uh, a purple Inspector Gadget almost with his arm coming out like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was another good one, Inspector Gadget, yeah. by the way, but we always go that back to it? Inspector Gadget. <laughs> Hong Kong Fui, anybody? Oh, oh my gosh. Wow, yeah. I forgot about him. That was Hong a good one. Hong Kong Fui. <laughs> number one? No. Was <laughs> <laughs> it number one private eye? Hong <laughs> Kong <laughs> Fui. Oh man, Captain Caveman! Oh God, <laughs> Captain Caveman! I remember. I oh. loved him when he did Hong his call. Fooey though, gosh. Yeah. Do you remember in the uh, late '80s, early '90s, in the height of uh, the, te- the television show Cops' success? They actually made a oh, cartoon. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there was like a uh, like a can- a robotic canine that had like a siren on his yep. back and. I had him. I did too. Yep. And you, he had a little uh, on on the belly of the dog. There was like a little knob you could turn that to make, make it look the, like the yeah. siren was going. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was no light in it. It just had a reflector inside. Yeah, it, it was like yeah. a little foil piece or something that would turn. Okay, here's another cartoon that in the on past episodes we've always tried to figure out the name of it. Never bothered to look it up for some reason. Captain In and the Game Master. Oh, mm, I was about yes. to mention that. That's the one that with Kid Icarus and uh, mm-hmm. the guy from Final Fight, the eggplant-looking uh, thing, or what was that from? Uh, I can't, I can't you know what I'm talking what about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and, the uh, kid had the uh, the gun and the glove. Yeah. Yeah, and the glove. They fought against uh, Mother Brain. Mother Brain, yes. Yep, from Metroid. Mm-hmm. That, game, that show was that show was pretty cool too, and there was yeah. like live action parts of it too. Or no, uh, like the intro was live action, and yeah. it showed him sitting there like playing the game with his, with his dog, dog, and yeah. like lightning comes out and grabs him and pulls him in the TV, and then the uh, dim-witted dog just blindly follows him into the TV. I didn't. I couldn't get into that show. I watched it, but I couldn't get into it too much because I wasn't very yeah. familiar with the characters because I wasn't allowed to have video games. That, oh. I think. Oh, yeah. really? You weren't allowed to have video games? No, because I wouldn't do homework. Oh. Boy, they didn't I... <laughs> understand that if I had it, I wouldn't play it all the time because I had it. Right. Well, that's my mentality on it. But... Well, yeah, you, you get it. You play for like six hours, six hours straight, and then after that, it's like maybe an hour a day, half mm-hmm. hour a day kind of thing. Makes sense. Yeah. Why, why don't parents see this logic? <laughs> I don't get it. You're just a kid. You don't know. <laughs> It was just a shameless ploy to sell Nintendos, yeah. man. I mean, mm-hmm. let's just take a character from every big game we have and make it into a cartoon. They got a glove, a gun. Mommy, uh, mommy, I gotta have the glove and the gun <laughs> to be my captain in. Was it Simon from uh, Castlevania was in that too, I think? Mm, 
Yeah, I think so. I, Sounds... I barely remember that show because I was, I never came on the channel I wanted it on. So it was like I'd catch it here and there. <laughs> well, it never came in. I had to use my antenna. Oh, came in. I thought you said like. <laughs> I mean, it never came on because like I couldn't get the signal. Gotcha. I thought you meant you just like flip to a channel and hoped it would appear on that channel. <laughs> <laughs> Damn commercial. <laughs> About Schoolhouse Rock. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm an amendment to be. I said amendment to be. I'm just a bill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the amendment, that was from Simpsons, Simpsons right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't remember what the real one went like. But it's it's uh, it looks and sounds almost identical to it, the uh, Bill one. They used the same guy, Jack Sheldon, I think, saying saying it. Yeah. <laughs> What's all this garbage on the on the steps of Congress? <laughs> I'm not garbage. Oh man, that was good. Oh all right, I think that'll be enough uh, cartoon talk this week. We got a lot of good ones in there, mm -hmm. right? Had a few potholes, but we kept it going. You guys like that new intro too? Oh yeah, yeah. What do you think, Jeff? I think it's great. What about you, Todd? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Well, Ted. Ted. His name is Ted rather than Todd. And <laughs> Who's this Todd fellow? Whoops. <laughs> Get out, with, Jeff. I work with too many Todds. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, let's just move into the comic roundtable. Who would like to go first this week? I'll go first. All right. I like your uh, eagerness. Let's get on with it. I like to go first when the comic sucks. <laughs> oh, no. All right. So this I got from uh, the one of the loot crates a while back. I think it was with the agent one. Okay. But it came with the shield badge? Yeah. Okay. But it was uh, Orphan Black. It was a big, pretty big show on, I think it's on BBC. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I've watched the show. It's got a big following. It's supposed to be pretty good. The comic, though is very hard to follow not knowing anything about the story i'm extremely lost this oh, starts I out i i believe it has something to do with clones like this girl's cloned and she keeps running into herself and she's trying i guess she's trying to figure out where she came from but it starts out in a hospital ladies having kids pops first one out and then all of a sudden next panel the doctor's like this isn't a placenta hold another baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden the mom's like, well, I don't know what we're going to do with them. And I guess they get split up, and one's in England, and I think one's in the States. But somehow they cross paths. One of them walks off in, in a subway into a train and kills herself. The one that saw it happen, she picks up her wallet and goes to try to find her. But as I'm reading it, there's like six panels on a page. The left one and the right one, the setting and the background looks the same, but the characters are a little bit different. So I don't know if it's like almost the same things happen in between the two at the same time. It's very, very confusing. confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the concept sounds cool, but yeah, that, uh, yeah, I don't know about that, but this one is titled Sarah. I guess that's her on the cover. Now on the back, they got a, for the next one, it's going to be Helena's story. So, well, she doesn't one look be uh, quite as good as the other girl does. She's covered in blood. Looks pretty ratty, too. Run a comb through that hair. But it's IDW book. What the hell is that supposed to mean? Oh, <laughs> no. No, I'm just saying it's I'm IDW. I'm just kidding. I'm going home. <laughs> but it may be good. If you like the franchise, it might be a good book to get. I might have to look into it. I think it's going to start season three pretty soon, so I got a, a lot of catching up to do. Is that on Netflix or anything like that? Mm, I don't know if it is yet. It should. The first season should be, I would think. If not, it's. You can, I'm sure you can catch reruns on BBC. Okay. All right. 
Ted, would you like to go next? Oh, sure. Um, I just read, uh, it's called the Megalex. Uh, it's by Alejandro Jodorowsky. Um, art by, his last name is, uh, oh, it's Fred Beltran. I don't know, have you heard of Alejandro Jodorowsky? No, I haven't. That sounds anyway. familiar. You've heard well, of Well, he's a yeah. film director yeah. and um, really big uh, influence on me. I, I just love his stuff, really imaginative. He did uh, the movie El Topo. He did Holy Mountain, uh, Santa Sangre. Um, and this is something I recommend to anybody who, who's perhaps uh, listening that likes you know, sci-fi and comics. Uh, the movie Dune, which was originally done by David Lynch, um, actually, Jodorowsky was planning to make that movie for, like, almost 10 years. And he did this incredible book. He had uh, uh, Mobius doing all his storyboards. And it, it, they say that him just trying to get this movie made changed cinema. And there's a, so the documentary is called Jodorowsky's Dune. Um, and is, uh, it's spelled J-O-D-O-R-O-W-S-K-Y, Dune. And there's a lot of stuff about comics and movies, and it's just absolutely fascinating. So I, I've been kind of—I went to a really good uh, con in Columbus called Space. Um, small press something, you know— uh, I don't know what it stands for. Do you? I can't remember either now. Small press and— Small it's, press uh, and comic expo. Comic expo. Um, and there's, there's a shop down there. I, I think it's called Laughing Ogre in Columbus. Yeah. Yes. And they had all, I, I've never seen such a great collection. You know, and, uh, the store is amazing, but they, they had a lot of stuff from Europe, which you just never get to put your hands on, you know. Right. So I picked up one of this, one of Jodorowsky's books, Megalex, and uh, it's, it's really crazy out there sci-fi stuff. Um, you know, basically the, the, the race that we're watching has gotten to the point where they just clone people to do all the work. And the clones are only allowed to live like 40 years and they're all killed. And, um, you know, of course, there's one that's born with this slight mutation and, and it rebels and teams up with some uh, really oddball characters. And it's just I, I found it a really great read. And um, the Incal is another one that he did um, that I read before that, which I like quite a bit more. And they reference that a lot in that movie. So if somebody's looking for something a little different, I, you know, I would recommend uh, certainly checking out that documentary, you know, and then the Incal, which is. He, he, he wrote Dune too? Well, Dune was a, a novel before, you know, it was ever a, a film idea. So it, he was adapting it. Okay. But it's just, you know, he had Mick Jagger in one of the roles. I mean, it, it was just. Wow. It was so crazy out, out there. Um, I, every comic book person who sees it loves it. It's it's a, one of the best comic book movies you can see. It's not really about a comic book. Wow, I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah, that sounds really good. All right, very cool, Jeffrey. All right, this is a comic that was uh, generously let me read, Jeremy. <laughs> generously, well, this is. This I didn't know how this how to word that one. <laughs> Generous Jeremy, I think, is what you meant. Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah. GJ. GJ. <laughs> Don't you forget it. It's GJ. Thanks, GJ. No, this this comic and uh, the one actually I'm going to be talking about, too. These both came from uh, Tricon. What was mm. it? Last weekend? The weekend before last? Last, uh, last weekend. weekend. Yep. Yeah, and I don't... You Either of you remember the vendor. They, they had just tons of long boxes set up with old comics and it was five for a dollar five for a buck yep 
Yeah. And that's where these came from. I should have jumped on that. I don't know why I didn't do it. You really should have. I think we picked all the good stuff. The jerks. <laughs> that and that guy was ahead of us. He had like a $70 oh, he had a short box worth of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, well, thanks for JG or GJ <laughs> for letting me read this one. It's the uh, what if no one was watching The Watcher. The and cover, the watcher looks like a can-can girl. He's doing a... It's the, the watcher being Marilyn Monroe. Is That's yeah. what it is, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I, I've never read any of the what-ifs, and this is my first one, and it's it's kind of like reading a whole bunch of tiny little shorts. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not mad about it. It's actually pretty fun because you learn little things like, what if this actually really did happen? Right. And... Uh, One of them was what if Thanos, during the creation of the gauntlets, instead of turning Galactus into the stones for the gauntlet. Wait, what? Yeah, uh, Galactus was basically the stones turned into the gauntlets. (laughs) And Thanos was the reason why. So he broke up Galactus and turned him into five stones? Yep. But this is a what if that didn't happen, but Thanos turned him human. And what if Thanos came to Earth looking like Elvis Presley? Oh my god! Serious? I'm dead serious. That sure is Elvis there. Yeah. <laughs> I had to pick this one up because typically, like he was saying, the Marvel Marvel What If series are you know it's a different shoot off reality, but they still take themselves pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I remember around the Civil War in 2000, or maybe it was after Civil War when Captain America was shot, and they were deciding who was going to carry the mantle. They did a What If you know Iron Man took on that mantle, so there was just a whole issue of Iron Man. As Captain America. Still very very serious tone, but a what if. I've never seen one like this where the what if is like a bunch of comedic shorts. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Like the one what if that I wanted to get was a long time ago. It was with Deadpool. And it was what if Deadpool was serious? And he was a scary, scary fucker mm. in that one. Like, like Frank, it scared me. Frank Castle scary or scary? Scarier. Wow. I think he actually killed Frank in that one. And, uh, I mean, it's so random. Like, one of them was, uh, what if Dr. Doom was a pediatrician? It looks like he's torturing this little child in one panel. Um, they had, like, what if Wolverine was hibernating during a, a sentinel attack? <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, there's one. Oh, yeah. What if Galactus fought Ant-Man? And he's just, you just see a picture of him yawning and he's stepping on Ant-Man. That's and that's the whole segment, right? That, I mean, that's, that's, that's the yeah. end of it. Like he just steps on him. <laughs> or what, one last one was my favorite. This is weird, but it's almost like a Mad Magazine. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, but with Marvel. What number is that? Uh, let's see. Let February thirty fourth is when it came out. What what year are we talking? <laughs> There's no thirty fourth day in February. Let me see. Oh, <laughs> uh, where's the year? It's hard finding on those I old ones. I think it's 92. No. Yeah. yeah, it was 92. This is a February of 92 release. There was an 80s one, too, that, that was all just like single panel gags um, from the original What If series. It was like, what if you went to the movies and had to sit behind the leader? <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite ones was on this One If. And it actually had one for the leader. Where like, what if the leader bought a hat? And you just see two of those little Durban hats sitting on each one. <laughs> <laughs> but they had one that was, uh, what if the Punisher was a stern yet fathery type? And, and every time he's, like, trying to fight a villain, he's just telling him, like, you shouldn't do that. Right. You should reflect on what you've done, and together we can grow. 
<laughs> that one picture of him standing there with his feet spread apart, his his hand on his hip, pointing sternly. <laughs> I mean, oh, overall, wow. it was a fun read, just because. Well, this is cool. I mean, this is just flipping to the very back, and we see Game Genie. Yeah, an advertisement right. for the original Game Genie. That's another great thing about thinking through those old comics, seeing the old ads and stuff. Mm. Like. Or the ridiculous ones, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what I have, uh, like I said, is another uh, selection from the wondrous box of uh, Five for a Dollar. My God, I wish I could remember that place's name. I can't feel like of me. Uh, what I have, though, is called Bizarro's World, The Adventure of Superman. I never talk DC, ever, so I thought mm. I would this week, and I've never read a Bizarro book. I know the character, seen him in the cartoon, and I've seen, you know, I know who he is. From I Seinfeld. Just, from Seinfeld, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, so I picked this one up, and this came out in 94, March of 94. This is issue 510, and I believe this was a issue number two of a five-part series uh, this took place after uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So in the wake of that, it's it's just a pretty much self-contained story from what I see. I don't know how it plays into these other uh, five parts, but it opens up with Bizarro flying across Metropolis, has Lois Lane in his arm. She's like, let me down. No, I'm, you know, I'm going to save you. Or me save Lois, I think yeah. that is how he would sound. But he uh, takes her back to this great big warehouse. I think it's like on a pier or something, like where they would store boats or something, where he's built a, uh, a model of Metropolis inside this hangar and has all these like mannequins on the street who are supposed to be like, one of them is supposed to be Jimmy Olsen, you know, people from their life. And he's pretty much playing house with Lois, like, okay, you know, now we're going to, now I'm Clark Kent, and he just wears a suit over his <laughs> thing loosely. But the whole city is just poorly put together and falling apart. The cops, you know, have been getting reports of Superman kidnapping Lois Lane. So, you know, the authorities don't want to believe it, but at the same time, you know, the longer she goes missing, the, you know, they're going to have to hold him as a suspect. So he's like, man, I've really got to find out where she's at. Now, again, I'm not big on DC, so I don't know what happened to Superman during the uh, crisis on Infinite Earths or mm. what happened, but he keeps talking in this book like he has this whole new set of powers where he can kind of fine-tune what he's listening to. He should be able to hear her talk wherever she's at, and when he opens that power up, it tends to be too much and just kind of weakens him, and he gets frustrated. I don't know... I don't know where she's at or how to find her. And mind you, this is a Superman that has a long, flowing mane of hair, like... Uh, oh, the big 70s, long 70s, uh, or well, I guess uh, it was No, 80s. it was 80s, 90s, yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, yeah, he hasn't cut his hair in a while. <laughs> Super hair. But Scissors can't cut it. Nothing... <laughs> yeah, how do you cut Superman's hair? Doesn't he cut it himself? It's like him shaving. Yeah, remember because he used his laser eyes to shave? <laughs> <laughs> Singe it all off. So Lois realizes Superman's not coming, so she starts talking to him and trying to trick her own way out of this situation. And in the end of the comic, I was surprised Superman did not come save the day. She got out on her own, tricked him, had the, 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 the globe on the top of the Daily Planet, the one in his fake little metropolis he mm -hmm. built, fall on top of him as she got out the door or something. And mm. Superman shows up minutes later like, man, I should have been there for you, girl. Where was I? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much it. Pretty self-contained, but uh, nonetheless, a lot of fun. I enjoy the Bizarro character. He's, he's pretty neat. He means good. 
just, just does, does the bad. opposite. Yeah, yeah. It just does bad. <clears throat> All right, that's it. That's it. All right, cool. Very uh, fruitful roundtable. Your guys's were better than mine. Uh, oh. Yeah, sounds like it. No. There's always next week. Yep. So I I've, I've brought reading. some stinkers to the table myself. I'm reading that one about Kane from the Spider-Man. Oh, the Scarlet Spider. Yeah. Ooh, I before love they before Marvel uh, like tried to reboot that character and stuff, mm-hmm. he's not the same Kane as he was in those days. He yeah, was I can't awesome wait to in those that days. One. All right. So I guess with that, let's just move right into real world heroes. Jack, who do we have this week? We have Batman. Apparently, the whole Batman Incorporated idea is a real thing. <laughs> a yeah. while back. In Baltimore, the Baltimore Batman, he came to the aid of a uh, kid that was getting bullied. He told him if he ever needed him, call him. The kid ended up trying to get a hold of Batman because he needed him. I guess he was getting picked on again. Well, it turned out that Batman actually, he got a flat tire recently on the freeway, and he ended up getting hit by a car and killed. God. So this other Batman from, what was that, Huntington, West Virginia, I think it is? He's called the Huntington Batman. He stepped in to go visit the kid. Ended up walking the kid into school, and I guess they were they had a there was a huge standing ovation with the guy when he came in and stuff. And he was talking about what happened with the Maryland Batman that got killed, and that just about that he had a moment with the kid Jacob. The whole Batman army in the world needs to be inspired by this, he said. And told everybody that you don't need to be superpowers to be Batman. You need to understand that Batman has none. It's all about gadgets and caring for others. There you go. So he put out the word to all the kids to, I guess you just have to be good. And this could inspire a future Batman to do the same thing, right? Yep. And the kid, the kid Jacob, I guess, uh, yelled, I'm one of the Batman army now. And that stopped the bullying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Would you keep bullying someone if someone dressed as Batman came up to you? I mean, whether or not you, you know, either A, you f- think, oh, man, this dude's going to kick the crap out of me, or, hey, this dude's not mentally stable. Either way, you're not going <laughs> to mess with that person. Right. That, that kid knows Batman, so yeah. I'm not going to mess with him. If he can call Batman and he shows up out of nowhere. I wonder if he just has, like, a little, like, like Celica painted black. <laughs> with like fake The picture I saw had a... Uh, Michael Keaton style Batman. Really? Yeah. Ooh, Where are people getting Batman. these things? I know, they're making them. <laughs> yeah, I know a guy that has a Batmobile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Who? Mm-hmm. He lives in Blacklight. We're going to be talking about that after the show. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> We're going on a Kandar Batman ride. All right, I'm sorry, Jack. Go ahead. <laughs> but that's it. Yep. All right. Well, and for that, Huntington Batman, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So continue Batmanning it up. Huntington and all the Batman. other Batmans. Yes, yes. You're doing good stuff. Batman. 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 There you go. All right. With all that behind us, let's just turn our full attention right over to Ted Sikora and talk about Apama, the undiscovered animal. Thanks again for being with us today, Ted. Oh, having a great time. And let me uh, just say what a refreshing read this was. It was so much fun. I mean, when we, when you first look at it, well, I guess when we first saw you was at SpaceCon uh, uh, here in Columbus. We and saw the life-size Apama standing there. Exactly. Yeah. We saw the outfit from across the room, and we were like, oh, man, what is that? We got <laughs> to gotta find out what that's about. 
And uh, I'm really glad we did because the backstory, the way this comic even came to be is really cool. I'm going to let you tell that because I don't want to spoil anything. So this this comic originated from an indie movie you did called Hero Tomorrow, right? Yes. What we did, my friend Milo Miller and I uh, met in college and we always thought we, you know, someday we wanted to make a feature film. And we spent three years writing this script, and the original seed of it was sort of a uh, Spider-Man meets Taxi Driver. And it, as we kept writing it, it kept getting more like a dark comedy feel. And basically the setup is it's about a guy who has an idea for a superhero. Um, he can't get the superhero published, and his girlfriend, who's an aspiring fashion designer, makes him a costume of his own character for Halloween. Once he has the costume and his personal life starts going to pot, he starts living in a barn and trying to really fight crime. And, um, you know, the the humor of the movie comes from we, we wanted an idea that would be hard for him to sell to a publisher. So he's always trying to explain it. So the idea is that so many superheroes are based on creatures. You know, of course, Batman, Spider-Man. What if there was another kind of creature that was so powerful in stealth that it was never discovered by mankind? And he makes up a word, a pama, and that is his superhero. So, you know, he's talking to a publisher. Well, you know, all the good animals are taken. So I'm, a, you know, as Wolverine is Wolverine, a pama is a pama. Right. And so in the film, you know, he's constantly kind of having to explain that to people. And it's kind of frustrating for him. Uh, but the the movie debuted at Comic Con in San Diego. Uh, played a lot of great festivals, and one of the things we did hear quite a bit was that this superhero he's trying to develop is so kind of quirky. I would like to read it in a in a book form. So we said, well, we've always wanted to make a comic book, so let's do like an issue one origin story, and just see how it goes. And we did that. We published it online on our website. And uh, it got some really terrific reviews, so we just decided to keep going with it. We and I, I mean, I have to backtrack and say we found an amazing artist in Benito Gallego, who is just a real kind of a classic look. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so we just kept making stories and really didn't have anywhere to even sell them because. I'd never printed a book before. We were trying to do it online, but at a point, it was like, well, this isn't really generating any... We weren't doing online comics the way you're supposed to, where you put up like a page every two days. We would spend all this time doing a whole issue, and then we put up like the first two issues we did that way, and it was... There wasn't enough momentum. So that's about when Comixology started to come around, and, and the idea of being able to publish it digitally without having to deal with all that print stuff was, uh, you know, really appealing to us. And we did the first four issues, and then the fifth was the introduction of, like, the nemesis of the, the, the whole series, kind of the end of an arc. And we thought, we'll do a Kickstarter and see if we can get this, um, you know, get it printed for the first time. So uh, the Kickstarter was successful. Uh, we raised about $14,500. Wow, incredible. What was great is we had the movie that we could also package with it, you know, and, and I think it introduced the, the movie to a whole new group of people, which, you know, the original issue one was kind of supposed to. But then the book has taken on a life all its own and, and gotten some really great press throughout this five-issue run. 
So yeah, I think that kind of is just a, a nutshell of how this all came to be. It's I say the weird thing is we did the movie first and we would have never put all this stock into a Palma, the undiscovered animal if we hadn't made a movie first. And, and it forced us to really think about this idea so much. So it, it seems like it's, there's a lot of layers to it. And we've got just tons of stories in the future we want to tell. Yeah, I'm excited to see them. And might I say uh, that Apama, the actual creature that uh, you show in the first issue there, is horrifying. If that thing, <laughs> oh my God, if that thing really exists, <laughs> I wouldn't even get near it in a zoo, man. That thing looked horrifying. But you know, I think you say this in the uh, front of your book here where you know you guys are trying to capture the silver age of comics and i think you really definitely have the artwork you know is beautiful and pretty spot on you know the the issue covers have the banners all over it you know Mm -hmm. that's a big thing the narrator in the book i love that and it's you just um you know you kind of mentioned spider-man earlier i kind of i don't know how to say what i'm wanting to say I kind of got the same feeling from reading this as I did as the old Spider-Man. You know, you not only see this character get the power, but, you know, not he doesn't know what to do with it really once he has it. I mean, he kind of has an idea, but you watch the character grow with the powers. By issue two, he hasn't figured out his purpose and what he's supposed to do. I like that. I like growing with the character. And he's an ice cream truck driver, you know, so he's not, you know, he's not brilliant like Peter Parker. And I, of course, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, you know, but um, we always, uh, you know, consciously wanted to distance ourselves from that. And, you know, I've never known anybody nearly as brilliant as what like Peter Parker would be. And right. we, we kind of went to the other extreme with this, <laughs> you know, like he's based on guys I used to sort of change tires with in my dad's shop, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's a yeah, that's that's fair. So, you know, you can tell at the end of these four issues that are uh, in this. What is this? A volume one? Yeah. That the story is going to keep going. So how far do you see this series eventually going or do you is there any end in sight? No, there's no one in sight. Uh, uh, Benito just finished issue 10, um, and I'm still wow. coloring coloring issue 6. I'm really slow with the coloring, and I've been um, very sidetracked with, you know, just trying to sell the book and, and go to shows. And um, I, I actually have to apologize for, like, explaining, you know, laughing over to you guys, because I, I sort of forgot that we met in Columbus. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine, man. Yeah. Um, we have... Uh, so much we want to do and i think the fact that it's you know going so slowly has really helped because we've added so many layers to the the supporting cast you know stuff that's not maybe in the pages yet but we've really put a ton of thought into where all this is going with with all these villains and you know um the love interests all these people who show up yeah Definitely a good read, man. So is there any uh, idea when the next issue's out, or are they already out past uh, this book we've read here? Uh, issue six is probably uh, realistically a couple months away, but it, it shouldn't be. But I'm, I'm almost done coloring it, and then, then we'll be lettering. And we go back and forth. Like, we'll give Benito a, a rough script, um, enough for him to do the layouts, and then when we get it back, we just kind of rewrite. All that narration stuff kind of is added after we get to see the artwork. And we kind of like taking our time with it. And we feel like 
we, we're only going to get one crack at these issues, and we want to make sure they're right. I'd say you're doing a pretty darn good job mm-hmm. so far. Love this book. Okay. I can't wait to Thank read you. on. So where where exactly can people go to watch the movie and get copies of this book? Oh, we have a website, apamanation.com. That's A-P-A-M-A, nation.com. And uh, there's yeah bundles where you can buy the, the, the movie on DVD or Blu-ray. Uh, there's a, a brand new cut of the movie, uh, the 2015 cut for Blu-ray. Um, I'm really pretty happy with the way that came out. So, um, yeah, I would just, we, we sell it all through that square, you know, um, storefront. Square storefront. You know, it's a square up. They, they, whenever you buy something at a show, people scan your card with that little square thing on their phone. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's okay, but it, uh, you know, it's really nice for uh, independent creators because you don't have to do a whole lot to set up a website and sell your stuff. And most people trust buying through Square. So, sure. Um, I, we tried doing things through Amazon, and and it really just uh, didn't make any financial sense by the time. Uh, they take their cut, and uh, even with stores, it's really difficult for us to, to find a, um, a way to make money selling through stores. So this direct thing has worked great. I love doing the shows. And, um, in fact, if you guys could recommend any other shows besides Space, you know, I, I'll be doing mid, uh, you know, I said mid-Ohio. I will be doing the Wizard Con. Oh, you will? In Columbus, yeah, I'll be down there. Aren't you going to be in uh, Dayton in November or something like that, too? I'll be doing Akron. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I live in Akron. Ah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's too bad. Uh, so you're not going to be at the Cincinnati Comic Expo if you're going to be at Wizard World. I think those are happening the same weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. How did that come to be? I don't know. I just happened to notice <laughs> that this weekend that they were on the same weekend. Kind of messed up. <laughs> they were on the... It was the following weekend for Columbus last year. So right. I yeah. I don't know how they did the same one this year. I don't know. I think I feel like the Cincinnati one was a week earlier this year right Aren't there, and there's two cincinnati shows right like back-to-back weeks there's the wizard world and then there's the expo i thought am i wrong there's a cincinnati comic-con and then there's the comic expo there's well, they, two different ones don't they there. also have a wizard world con in cincinnati too no i don't think so no don't, don't, i don't know what the hell i'm talking about <laughs> basically there's three shows in two weeks I, i'm pretty sure okay yeah, we'll have to think about that. I mean, Tricon, which has already come and passed, and I think this was the first year they did that here in Ohio, yes. right? Yes, yep. But, I, I, I mean, it looked like it was a success, so maybe I'll be back next year. Okay, that's on my radar. I'm going to try to get into that next year, I think. Now, are you on, uh, you're on Twitter and stuff, right? Yes, it's just at Ted Sikora, T-E-D-S-I-K-O-R-A. All right, cool. What Instagram, anything like that? Um, Facebook, yeah, and we have Facebook, Facebook for uh, the Apama comic. is just Facebook, you know, uh, dot com slash Apama Nation. And uh, there's also Hero Tomorrow, same thing. We have a Hero Tomorrow dot com, Hero Tomorrow on Facebook. Yeah, the Twitter would just still be my private. Cool. Well, there's many different ways for people to reach out to you there, and I'm sure Jack can put on the website uh, like links to both yep. websites and help direct people your way, man. Thank you. Well, no, thank you. Again, this was a great read, and anybody who's a fan of, uh, like, what, 70s, like Silver Age comics? Yeah, like, it definitely has that feel to it. Oh, yeah. You, you just, I don't know. It's hard to explain, With, especially that narrator. It makes you just it pulls you in. It makes mm-hmm. you feel like you're being talked to, you know what I mean? And it's in Cleveland, so it's, it's Ohio-based. Yeah. Represent, yep. you know? <laughs> 
Absolutely. Ted, thanks so much for being with us today, man. Thank you. Jack, what do we got on the website? We got the show recaps blog, uh, recaps of the, the guests that we had on. Uh, we got some videos, uh, some trailers, our YouTube videos I've put on our video page. Oh, yeah, we a couple should have of a the, new one, The right? newer ones, at least. Uh, some photos, uh, the Canned Air comic book from the Cincinnati Comic Con Comic Expo last year, Canned Air Comic Book Store. Yeah, we just actually got news, speaking of the Cincinnati Comic Expo, that yep. uh, we we got our press passes. We will be at the Cincinnati Comic mm. Expo, so uh, yeah, we'll be representing our Canned Air shirts or something to let you know we're there, so come up to us, say hey, we got bookmarks, we'll be handing out, uh, come get a free bookmark. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at Canned underscore air and on instagram at canned air pod and like jack said our youtube page lots of gi joe P- psas and uh, unboxing videos on there of all sorts lots of uh, lots of ways to kill the time so anything else gentlemen that's it for this week all right well until next time i am jeremy collie and i've been jack doherty i was jeff holcomb i'm ted sakura and we'll see y'all next time There's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on candarepodcast.com. Well, thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle. G.I. Joe! The saw it happen. Oh, God. <coughs> Excuse me. Bless you. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.